Welcome to the Commercial Matters Podcast. Your show host is Amit Kapoor, owner of Mindful Contract Solutions. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal advice. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Commercial Matters Podcast. Last week we talked about five traits of bids that lose. And today we are going to be dealing with the opposite scenario, which is what are the five traits of bids that are outstanding? Now, I did not want to make this podcast episode simply a corollary or a kind of compliment to the last episode. So I've tried to ignore everything what I said last time around because I just don't want to make the opposite points. What I've tried to do is look at it bottom up. So trying to identify what is it that truly make bids outstanding. And if they end up being complementary points to the last podcast episode, that will merely be coincidental. So with that context, let's get started. Trait number one of bits that are outstanding is they tend to be very much to the point, crisp, succinct and clear. So in very practical terms, bits that are outstanding tend to answer the question asked in the first few lines. And if the assessor is reading through those first few lines, it gets enough confidence that the rest of the answer is going to be a very relevant elaboration of the initial points. So it makes all of the answer of interest to the assessor. When an answer does not start addressing the question asked immediately in the first few lines, then suspicions start developing in the mind of the assessor whether the answer is a mere distraction or is there going to be anything of substance at all in the answer. So the way they read the answer changes because in the former case, when you address the question at the outset, the assessor is really looking for validation and confirmation of the initial opinion. And on the other hand, if the answer does not deal with the question asked immediately, the assessor is really looking at the answer with a view to identifying if it's really worth or is it really going to address the question at all. So the way in which they read the answer really changes. It's quite a psychology oriented point, but I think it's quite relevant. You really want the assessor to be reading your answer with interest, not for uh, not with a view to finding holes in it. So my key message would be get to the point as soon as you can and then seek to elaborate on the answer if you want to make your response stand out. So an example would be if you have been asked to talk about your capabilities as an IT transformation partner and to give evidence in support of that assertion or support of your answer, then it's probably best to start the answer by basically giving a yes or a no to the very question asked. So you could say, yes, we have worked as an IT transformation partner. These are the example of clients we have worked at in this capacity and then seek to elaborate on those examples. The other hand, a not so good uh, way of writing a response to that question is by starting to give examples and leaving the assessor in doubt as to whether that example is going to meet the requirement of being an IT transformation partner. This shouldn't be left for someone to guess. It's best that you assert that it is an example of IT transformation partner and then seek to express it. It just gives uh, the assessor a different way of then looking at your answer, mainly looking to confirm what you have asserted. 
So that was point number one, which is get to the point very early and try and keep it crisp, succinct and clear. Trait number two of outstanding bids is that they often give some nuggets of information that will be of interest to the assessors. So you're not only responding to the question asked, but you are also educating your assessor. Now suppose a question asked if you is give a view on the risks that you see in a program that is that you're bidding for and you in response are contemplating providing a risk around requirements not being frozen by the time your supplier is instructed to commence the work and then there's a looming change control budget then i think a, a, a kind of assessor would really be helped by not just hearing that risk but also hearing your view on how that risk has manifested at other client organizations you have done programs for so sometimes you might want to quantify it with the level of change control that happened in a program that that foresaw the same risk so you could talk about you know let's say an engineering client you worked for you initially commissioned to do a piece of work for 10 million but they foresaw the risk that requirements weren't frozen but eventually the change budget only ended up being five percent of the total contract value what that then does is it helps the assessor understand the quantum of risk which they would not have understood had you not shared some of your kind of nugget of information from your previous programs you've worked on so essentially they can then start seeing that risk in perspective that oh it, it is a risk that requirements weren't frozen but it's not as big a risk if it's only five percent of tcv and maybe we want to have an advanced conversation with this supplier to understand you know how you keep it to that level of uh, magnitude so any kind of statistics that you can provide in response to a question that comes out particularly from your experience of having been through similar situations i think that is worth its weight in gold and those are the kind of statistics that educate your customer about um, their own situation and what such nuggets do is not only do they position you as an expert in the field they also make your assessors read your bid with a lot of interest they are now not just looking at your bid to score it but they're actually gleaning through your bid to get such nuggets of information as they read through it and you have automatically positioned yourself an expert and you have opened yourself up to get scores that exceed expectations so the scoring guides that most um, buyers have tend to have met expectations as in a response meets expectations they normally give that half the score right so if a supplier writes just enough to address the question asked that qualifies them for let's say a three out of five to get a four out of five or a five out of five you have to either partially exceed expectations or significantly exceed expectations for you to be able to do that you have to kind of bring to light or bring to bear those experiences and actually educate the assessor so that was trait number two in that you bring some nuggets into your proposal response so that you're educating your assessors trait number three i think this is largely a defensive measure but i think it's quite important because uh, 
you know you have to remember that this is a process of selection and when suppliers are kind of put in a position of having to express their view on their own achievements they will kind of slightly overplay it so the third trait is always try and explain how you fit in the ecosystem whenever you're talking about your achievements the and what i mean by that is essentially if you are, have been assigned into a program as let's say a test partner then it's important to make clear what your boundaries in that role were and you don't have to spend a lot of time doing it you just have to kind of understand what those boundaries are and make sure you're explaining what fell within your remit and what was with someone else so what would be good is do not describe yourself for example as a test partner if all you did was you seconded two resources to another supplier who was your prime contractor and your resources were writing test scripts so to call yourself as a test partner just because you had two of the resources working in that bigger stream of work by another supplier i think that would be kind of overegging it and making your role sound more grand than it actually was so being very authentic you would want to just describe what actually happened so you had a couple of resources deployed into a high profile team run by a prime contractor your resources were focused on writing test scripts but overall the team was responsible for something much bigger i think that would be more authentic the moment you start doing that your language starts getting trusted as an assessor reads through it because you don't want them to be skeptics all through because when they are skeptical what will confirm their belief is catching you out when they are not skeptical they are looking at the positive sides of what you have said so that was trait number 4 always try and explain how you fit into the ecosystem because assessors are very very and they almost always expect that suppliers will be overplaying their contribution so always describe what was your role vis-a-vis the role of other you know players in that ecosystem and where your responsibilities ended versus where someone else's began trait number 4 of outstanding bids is that they tend to have a good mix of pictures and words i think the last thing i want to read as an assessor in a bid is big paragraphs of text all through the bid it plainly makes for very dull reading and i'm just going through the motions as i'm reviewing a bit like that there's no problem as such i mean you're just making it quite a lot of hard work for an assessor to go through your bid and the impression that leaves in the mind of uh, an assessor and it this this may again be quite unconscious for an assessor it's oh my god this is a lot of work that i have to do to kind of understand this supplier and sometimes associations can be formed about the supplier being hard work and you don't want that to happen right you've got to make things very legible and break it up you know so have pictures in there have bullet points in there sometimes underline very key um, messages that you want to convey use italicizes use blocks to kind of bring out something that needs special attention for example so basically use good content design principles in devising your bid and Uh, i'm not sure if you're aware but content design is a big profession out there so there are people who write content for websites and i think having someone like that 
in your bid review team would be of um, I think great value to you because you do want to make it easy for an assessor to follow what you are saying and um, you know have an interest in keeping on reading what you're saying so that was trait number four try and mix it up pictures and words um, paragraphs after paragraphs is quite boring try and mix it up and the final trait trait number five is that you answer the hidden question essentially that you play devil's advocate and try and get behind what is really driving this buyer to ask the question and draw into your own experiences if you have done similar programs in the past you probably have had people in the clients organization having similar concerns as this buyer does so there's a very good chance that you know where this buyer is coming from and now is your time to demonstrate that you know where this buyer is coming from because nothing that you say in your bid would sell better than a demonstration that you understand the buyer you get him you know where they are coming from because an assessor who can sense that the supplier gets their question really to the heart and deeper than what has been asked would start thinking of you as a partner who would take the pressure off them rather than leave it to the assessor and their team to kind of instruct the supplier on every small nitty-gritty of the work that needs done. Now, let's say, for example, you're asked a question around your strategies for managing delays in a systems integration program. Now, program delays are obviously a very common occurrence across all kinds of programs. And if you have done in the past, such programs in the past, not only do you have some strategies around how you mitigate the delays in the program, which is what the question is asking. The question is asking for how you deal with delays. But you also, because of your experience of having worked in these programs, you also know how these delays happen. What are the biggest drivers for these delays? So I would encourage you that you demonstrate your understanding of what truly brings those delays about and because that's not the question you really try and do that in as few words as possible for example of a systems integrators key source of delay is another third party not having done its job in time so for example if the systems integrator is really responsible for configuring a software as a service system then maybe there's something to do with the availability of the software as a service system or the release date of that of the version of the software um, as a service system that needs implementing that is in question or a potential source of delay so just trying to demonstrate your understanding of that being a source of delay in your response really gives the supplier of the buyer a lot of confidence that you not only know how to mitigate it you also know what causes it and you would then be able to make inquiries so as to preempt whether those delays are going to happen so quite often that gives them the belief that you won't simply be reacting to delays you'd almost be aware in advance um, of a delay occurring that gives you a little more time to manage it and mitigate it so in essence that was point five in that you answered a hidden question now the challenge with point five is it's quite difficult for 
you as the drafter of your organization's response to then wear another hat and basically play devil's advocate, you almost always would be benefited by an independent person reviewing the bid, questioning it, and giving you the kind of feedback you the constructive feedback you need so that you can amend your bid suitably so that it addresses these concerns before it's submitted to the buyer. So if you can afford, I would suggest that you do a third party review of the bid, you know, maybe through an independent consultant, maybe an ex procurement expert, but have your bid validated by a third party to kind of bring these questions out. When you're working in a bid team, there can be a lot of groupthink because that's the only way to kind of complete things on time. So everybody's got to be on the same page and any kind of debates that happen in the bid tend to be very contained. So really difficult questions are not really given that level of airtime and you end up going with the flow in, in the interest of the majority. You put things on paper and you kind of, you know, just hope for the best. But having an independent review at an appropriate stage in that bid response process would allow those kind of issues to be brought to the surface again. And if a bid review tells you that, hey, what you're saying here is absolutely not right, that opens up the whole point for further deliberation before you can kind of confirm your response to a question. So yeah, would highly encourage taking advice if you can. So yes, that was in summary all the five points I wanted to say about traits that makes bids outstanding. Now, obviously there is more to it than this, but try this out and let me know if uh, this improves your bid win ratio in due course would greatly appreciate feedback like that but i hope this helps so that's it folks for this week's podcast episode if you have any thoughts around what you would like to hear next please feel free to drop me a line in any case i hope to be back on this channel in a couple of weeks from now until then goodbye and stay safe that's this week's episode of the commercial matters podcast don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.